Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 118, Back to the Future. Uh, this is an article that's written uh, in uh, All Data, which happens to be a professional automotive repair uh, professional information source. Okay, so they take factory information and put it into uh, their own version that makes it uh, a lot easier for a technician to access, you know, repair information, labor times, uh, specifications, things like that. So it happens to be a company called All Data. It was written by, by a fellow by the name of David Bry. Uh, it's dated April 1st of 2021, just to kind of give you a, a, a time spec, so to speak, on the deal. But this one's going to be kind of a quickie, but I just thought it was an interesting article. Uh, it, you'll, you'll understand what Back to the Future means here in a moment. Uh, just real quick commercial. Um, if you go to podbean.com and uh, do a search for Brad Kyle's MotorWorks podcast, uh, you'll see on the main page that it comes up, on the upper right-hand corner, there's a uh, Become a Patron uh, icon. If you click on that, if you want to, if you so desire or uh, are so inclined, uh, you can help support the podcast. Uh, I'm asking for $5 a month. You can give less than that. You can give more than that. It doesn't have to be an ongoing subscription, but it certainly can be. And uh, the benefit you get from it is those people that do that. I've taken about 12 to 15 of the previous podcasts I've done, and I've made them only available uh, if you subscribe to them or if you subscribe to the podcast. And I've chosen ones that if you apply the information I give in your car ownership life, there's no doubt in my mind that you could save yourself thousands, if not maybe even tens of thousands of dollars over your car ownership lifetime, okay, if you apply the information that I give you. Uh, it's in regards to uh, things like uh, should you buy an extended service contract and, um, uh, you know, how to find a great repair shop. Uh, like I say, it's about 10 to 12 or so uh, of the previous podcasts. That, so that's the benefit you're getting besides just helping to support the cod, uh, podcast, ongoing training, uh, so on and so forth. And I, I'd appreciate your support if you did that. So, in any case, I'm going to read this article verbatim, and at the end, I will give kind of my own um, sort of life experience. Uh, you'll understand what I'm saying when we get to that point. So, so here we go. Back to the future. Hard to fathom automotive technology. If you took a service technician from 1955 and transported that person to 2021, they would be amazed and frightened by the level of technology in today's cars and trucks. Even today's technicians are surprised at how interconnected all the systems are. Systems that you would not expect to share data to do so with frequency. Lots of frequencies. So many that it hurts. That's as in H-E-R-T-Z. Uh, that's, that's a pun. Uh, for those that are uh, unknowledgeable about that, hertz meaning this is a measurement of frequency. So we're talking about electronic stuff. So he's trying to be funny. So many that it hurts. Yes, pun intended. Here are some examples from the All Data archives that might surprise you. If my calculations are correct, when we hit 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious stuff. Wait, there are inflatable cushions? Yes, not only that, but on some vehicles, the system monitors the position of the driver's seat. 
and how it affects the rate of deployment of the driver's airbag. Consider this Principles of Operation excerpt from the 2014 Ford Expedition Service Information. The seat track position sensor indicates to the RCM, which is the Restraints Control Module, the position of the driver's seat along the seat track. The sensor detects the presence of a shunt bracket on the track, indicating that the seat has moved forward beyond a certain point of adjustment. The RCM, Restraint Control Module, uses this information and other information in determining the deployment rate of the dual-stage driver airbag module. So, so, where you put the seat can make the boom louder. The seats know when the car is making a turn. Massaging seats, wow, massaging seats have been around for years, but in the early 2000s, BMW 7 Series took the Shiatsu seat to a new level. Fluid-filled bladders in the driver's and front passenger seat are filled and emptied in a rhythmic fashion, relaxing the back and making you forget about the monthly payment. <laughs> but such action during a spirited turn would be disconcerting to the driver and front passenger and might cause them to spill their gray poupon. Therefore, high lateral acceleration interrupts the massage and firms the edge of the seats, holding you tighter than you thought a car could or should. The yaw rate sensor communicates the right the tight turn to the active seats via the CAN bus network because having a yaw rate sensor only talking to the vehicle stability control system is so declassé. Why did the air conditioning blower slow down during my phone call? Our 1950s technician would be astounded to learn that today we can make phone calls from our wrist Dick Tracy style. But today's technician might be a bit surprised that the Bluetooth hands-free system can talk to the HVAC automotive temperature and blower control. By the way, HVAC means heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Um, blower control. On several trim levels of the 2019 Hyundai Sonata, placing a phone call will cause the blower to move to a medium-low speed. Why, you ask? Reducing fan speed ensures that the noise of the blower doesn't interfere with your most important calls such as those to DoorDash or Uber Eats. This guy's got a sense of humor, huh? On that same Sonata, turning the windshield wipers to any setting other than off will cause the headlights to come on. This improves your visibility in daytime rain, which is helpful for those oncoming cars whose drivers are otherwise occupied with their cell phones. You want to make a V6 into a V3? In the never-ending quest to improve fuel economy, shutting off engine cylinders has been part of the landscape for years. Remember the four, the V8 four, excuse me, the V864 from 1981, or are you trying to forget? In the 2005 model year, Honda offered a V6 that morphed into a V3 to save fuel on the on the highway. The cylinder deactivation process is typical by modern standards, but Honda determined during development that a three-cylinder minivan that vibrated and sounded like a Geo Metro would probably not be a big seller. Here's the description of how they reduced the vibration. The active control engine mount system decreases engine-to-chassis vibration at low RPM and when the engine is in cylinder pause mode. The system includes conventional, liquid-filled engine mounts that absorb vibration. In addition, the front and rear engine mount contains an actuator that cancels engine vibration by producing a counter or reverse vibration. That actuator pushes back when the engine vibrates. In other words, the engine moves one way, the engine mount moves the opposite way. Net result, low vibration during three-cylinder operation.
Think sine waves with equal and opposite waveforms canceling each other out. The factory audio system talks to the PCM and changes radio volume when you drive faster, just like a lot of cars do. But even when the radio audio system is off, it generates sounds through the speakers that convince the driver that nothing is amiss or missing through active noise correction. But what about that noise during a three-cylinder mode? Sine waves play a part here as well. The factory audio system talks to the PCM and changes radio volume when you drive faster, just like a lot of cars do. But even when the audio system is off, it generates sounds through the speakers that convince the driver that nothing is amiss or missing through active noise correction. Some car makers have taken that sound sh shaping a step further by using the car audio system to make a four-banger sound more like a V8. Four-banger meaning four-cylinder for those of you that aren't technicians. The radiator is an emissions component. Some say that today's cars are so emissions friendly that the air behind them is cleaner than the air in front of them. Nowhere was that truer than in vehicles equipped with the Premair radiator. This normal looking fluid to air heat exchanger has a thin film of super secret catalytic coating that converts up to 75% of ground level ozone into people friendly oxygen. While Volvo was the first to use this technology in late 1999, a few other car makers used this system. When the Premier Direct Ozone Reduction Radiator on some 2006 through 2011 Mitsubishi models is replaced, care must be taken to make sure that the new radiator is also a DOR unit with a special sensor permanently attached. If you choose to put a non-DOR radiator in these vehicles, expect the malfunction indicator light to be illuminated forever. Okay. Because that coating on that radiator is a special, it's actually emissions reducing, that means the radiator is actually part of your emission control system. So replacing it with the wrong one that is a non-emission uh, reduction radiator, you're actually violating uh, federal and potentially state laws in regards to you are now uh, installing a part that is no longer certified to be part of the emission control system. So essentially you're violating federal law. Okay, whether you know that or not. And hence the reason why if that sensor is not there, the system realizes it has the wrong radiator and it turns on the service engine soon light. Okay. Where to next? As the high-tech vehicle market charges on, we will see more integration of current network systems as well as further tie-ins between our vehicles, cell phones, and smartwatches. Many cars already know when you have left work and will offer to plot your trip home on your phone. What they come up with in 60 years is anyone's guess, but for me, I simply want to build a time machine out of a compact sedan and go back to 2019. I guess he's talking about pre-pandemic there. So, um, You know, I started in this industry as far as a professional in 1980, um, there was still some cars I was working on, specifically mostly older Volkswagens, that still had, a, as a, for instance, for the charging system, they still had a generator. But obviously, alternators were becoming more prevalent. I can't say I ever met a technician, but I certainly heard stories of where, you know, the ones that were uh, certainly older than me and had been working on cars earlier, um, they were, of course, used to generators, okay, which is still a charging system component, but it works under different principles. And so when alternators started coming out, there was supposedly technicians, mechanics, that went, well, that's it, I'm done with this, I'm going to retire, or, or they left the industry. 
certainly the same thing potentially happened when the industry went from carburation to fuel injection. There was a lot of guys that went, no, this is all becoming too complicated. I don't want to work on cars anymore. I'm done. Okay. So, uh, you know, I've been around since 1980 professionally. And here we are in uh, 2021 at the time of this podcast. And uh, have I seen a lot? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, all, there's always a learning curve. You can't really get away from it short of choosing not to do, you know, not to work on cars anymore. And I, I think customers for a long time didn't really know what was going on as far as car technology. I, I think they've become more uh, uh, knowledgeable and educated about it. And hopefully things like this podcast and some of the other ones I've done will help with that process if someone's so inclined to listen to podcasts. So it's, uh, you know, it's a never-ending process. And uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see where we are years down the road. And and, uh, hopefully the cars get more complicated, but also maybe simpler if that's even possible. So anyway... I just uh, I thought that was a, a you know good article and wanted to go ahead and turn it into a podcast. There's certainly a lot of things going on in the automotive industry, uh, you know, a lot of good things and challenges and and some that aren't so good. But uh, hopefully you uh, got something out of this one. Uh, I do appreciate you listening. Um, as usual, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcasts5 at gmail.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. And for that matter, if you want to check out the shop website, I'm, you know, my shop is in Newbury Park, California. And, uh, of course, again, it's called Brad's Motor Works. And uh, I've got a couple of different uh, web pages out there. And, you know, check out, uh, see what's going on and so on and so forth. And uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.